Friends, let us pray together. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts this morning be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It was a joyous day in the life of our faith community. Today, as you heard uh, several times this morning, we welcomed our confirmation class into membership at our Fresh Spirit service at 9 a.m. This group of 8th grade students spent the year together in a class which explores our faith tradition. They learned about and then asked questions of theological concepts that we teach in our church. We spent time talking about the life and the ministry of Jesus. We explored the idea of the Trinity. Where did that come from? We read familiar biblical stories, but looked at them through different lenses, asking different questions and framing different interpretations of well-known stories. The students learned about our Presbyterian church, how we trace our roots back to the Reformation, how we structure our decision-making and our life together. They even opened the Book of Order and simulated being a session together through scenarios and questions that I gave them to look up. It was a wonderful year together in learning, and I give thanks that we have had the chance to celebrate that milestone today in their journey. And this is a remarkable accomplishment for another reason as well. It's becoming apparent that young people today are starting to trend away from actually joining organizations. Now, they still participate in things, but when it comes to actually joining, to becoming a member of a group or an organization, many young adults are not making that next step. This is showing up in studies and reports from many different kinds of groups, civic organizations, collegiate social clubs and societies, labor unions, even professional organizations are all reporting a decrease in actual membership. Even if their levels of participation are not necessarily down, their numbers of members are tending to be. There's something it seems about putting down roots, about becoming a member that is not connecting with younger generations. And of course, it has been widely reported, oftentimes with fear and trepidation, but church memberships are down as well. A recent Gallup poll from April of this year showed a drop in church membership in the United States of 20% over the last 20 years. The reasons for this are varied and many, but the reluctance to join a church is showing up in large numbers, specifically among younger generations. Though young people are as likely as ever to label themselves spiritual, they are more and more reticent to actually join a community of faith in pursuit of deepening that spirituality. What our students did today at the 9 a.m. service was significant. Indeed, joining something, signing up as an actual member, can be a scary step to take. Being a member means that you are committed to something. 
You will be called upon. You will have responsibilities. You will be asked to make commitments of your time, of your money, of your energy, all to seeing that organization or group flourish. In fact, today at coffee hour, we gave thanks for everyone who dives deeply in this place of worship together. People who are creatively engaging with the calling of Christ to love and serve those in need. It was really a wonderful chance to step back and to appreciate all the people that are doing work to further God's love in the world through our church. It is a reminder that though becoming a member of your community of faith will have certain requests of you, there are also a myriad of benefits for the community and for you when you choose to dive deeper into your experience here. First, and most importantly, being a member of a family of faith gives you companions on your journey of faith throughout life. People who seek to know God more fully, who want to study and learn from the teachings of Jesus, who will challenge and encourage one another to live as God calls us to live. Seeking God in community has benefits over being an isolated person who considers themselves spiritual. Because when the waves of faith ebb and flow during different seasons of life, this is a community where you will find open hearts and minds to engage your questions. People who will pray with you and who will learn from you, who will learn with you, God is moving and working and reconciling all the time, and the more eyes and hearts that we have looking out for what God is up to, the better chance we will have to catch a glimpse of the divine. Second, when we engage with our community of faith in deep ways, we get to be a part of the work of the church, the work that God calls us to do through scripture and through the spirit. This work is so closely tied to the first benefit of seeking God in community. Because when we do catch glimpses of God moving and working, we can't help but to follow where the spirit leads and to participate in that holy work. We must put into action what Christ teaches, what Tabitha lived out in our text that we heard today. This story might have sounded familiar to you. It's because it's the same passage we read last week. When thinking through what being a member of a faith community might mean, our confirmation class was really drawn to this passage because of what Tabitha did for her faith community. Tabitha clothed them. She cared for them, doing many good works for and among them. What she did was so significant, in fact, that she holds the great distinction of being the only person in the New Testament specifically designated as a female disciple. She is a shining example of what it means to live in a community of faith, to care for and about the people that she was surrounded by. 
think if given the chance, we can all think of someone who is like a Tabitha in our lives or in this church. Someone who always seems to show kindness and compassion. Someone who gives of themselves. Someone who uses her talents and time to help people in need. Who lives out the gospel message through her example to others. And this is our calling as well, my friends. As members of this faith community, we have the opportunity to contribute to the welfare of the whole, to care for all of us, to be like Tabitha and care for our community here at church. And there is also a neat part of this story that I want us to take note of as well. While this story certainly speaks about a woman who cared for her community, those directly around her, I think that her shining example is meant to help turn our hearts toward empathy, not just for our own community, but also toward empathy for our neighbors, even those who might be from a different tribe. You see, this story is found in the book of Acts, which is often referred to in theological studies as Second Luke. It is thought that the same author wrote the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, And many of the overarching themes from Luke are found in Acts as well. So notice that Tabitha is named several ways here. She is first called Tabitha, which is her name in Aramaic. Aramaic was the common Hebrew language in first century Judea, connecting with their community. She is then given the name Dorcas, which translates as gazelle, which was her name in Greek. One of Luke's primary goals in both his gospel and the book of Acts is to tell the world that the good news is not just for one group of people, but for all who would hear it. Jews and Gentiles alike. It is a reminder to us that Gazelle's example of loving and caring for others applies to people in her community, but also those outside of it. I was thinking about this text a few weeks ago when a friend of mine sent around a story to some of our friends that he found pretty funny. It was a story about a young man who had posted a request to his neighbors in Philadelphia. He and his wife were about to have their first baby. And he was feeling a little bit overwhelmed, I think. So much so, in fact, that he put together a meal train of his own, complete with 30 meal ideas and recipes, and encouraged his neighbors to all sign up. Now, these were not your typical lasagna and salad, easy kind of meals to throw together. This self-made meal train included, included requests like grain bowls, with chicken peas and avocados, lamb meatball stew with orzo, polenta breakfast casserole squares. He then went on to suggest that if meals were all filled up or if people wanted to chip in in different ways, they could sign up to vacuum the house, walk the dog, maybe do some laundry, or clean the dishes of the food you just brought over. This story went viral a few weeks ago, making it all the way to the New York Post. 
mostly because people marveled at the fact that this guy had made his own food train with difficult-to-make dishes and wanted people to come do his chores as well, all because they were having their first baby. The comments to the story were funny. Many were irritated. But when I read it, my first reaction to this story was, wow, these people really need a faith community. Because this is what we do for one another without needing to be asked at all. Maybe minus the polenta breakfast casserole and the vacuuming. But I wouldn't put it past the Tabithas of Knox to step up to even that level for someone in need. You see, these young people who had not made a step to become a member of a community that cares for one another suddenly found themselves in a situation where they needed care. They needed a Tabitha in their circle. My guess is this was the first time that they had felt themselves in tremendous need like this in their young lives, and they didn't know what else to do or where to go. So they tried something that ended up going viral and making people chuckle. But it lends itself to the third thing about membership in a family of faith that I want to lift up today. Because you see, we seek God together, and we serve others together doing the work that we are called to do. But at some point, inevitably, we will suddenly find ourselves to be the ones who are in need of support and care. It is a reality of our humanity that at some point, circumstances will turn and we will go from being the giver to the receiver. While I have often thought of the journey of faith as being a linear one, in which we travel life down through valleys and up toward mountaintops, I think it is much more accurate to describe this journey of membership or being a f- part of a faith community instead as a circle. At times we find ourselves on the side that is caring for others, and then at a moment's notice, we could suddenly rotate to being on the other side, to being cared for by those very same people. We move from one side to the other, and then back again with the fluidity of a circle. And the longer that we remain within the circle, the more we give thanks for those who surround us. This benefit of being a member of a faith community can often be the hardest one to receive, I think. We were made by our God to love others, but also to be loved by others. And that second part takes vulnerability. It takes time to become comfortable enough to be loved, truly loved by a community. It means being committed to that community, being committed to the work of the church, to loving ourselves and our neighbors, and to being a faithful part of the circle of membership, no matter what part of that circle we find ourselves on. This is the kind of love that Jesus spoke of in our John passage this morning. Directly before the verses that Henry read, Jesus humbled himself and showed love to his disciples by washing their feet. 
This was not as hard for Jesus, it seems, as the giver, as the shower of love, as it was for the disciples to receive it. They had trouble accepting this loving act toward them, and yet Jesus insisted. He knew that they needed this example of love because his time was running short. And it was a radical act of love in another way as well. Because Jesus knew that Judas was about to betray him, and yet Jesus washed his feet too. It was only after Jesus had washed all of their feet, including Judas's, that he told Judas to do what it is you have to do, sent him away, and then turned to his disciples and said what we heard this morning. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You should also love one another. This love Jesus speaks of is one that gives of itself and is also able to receive love from others. It is one that has empathy for those within the community as well as those who are from different tribes. It is selfless and yet also is able to let the self be loved. This is the way we are taught to live together in community. This is the way Jesus says that others will know that we follow him. And so we dance together in our circle, with our people, in our community of faith. Today we are grateful that our circle has grown larger. It is stronger and better because of our new members. And I pray that we will all take the time to continue to grow deeply in this community. That we would all continue to nurture and support and encourage those around us as we seek God's face together. That as our place in the circle moves back and forth and then back again, our hearts might be strengthened to know that these are the people God has given to us to journey with. Thanks be to that God of relationship.